0: Divisive Issues contains language unsuitable for children and adults, but probably except for those troll people from the Batman Odyssey issue. Because they're trolls and not gnomes. Look, just don't listen to this, okay? Maybe listen to that episode,
1: but not this. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. Tropes. And tropes. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Sly.
0: I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl.
1: So, different thing this time. You may have oh. noticed in your feed that this episode isn't excruciatingly long. Hopefully not. If- Hopefully yeah, we'll not. see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't really trust
1: us. So, we, I want to go right out in front and thank Matt Jorgensen for this idea of let's explain how to read comic books if you've never read them before.
3: Okay, you go from left to right. Unless mm-hmm. it's
1: Japanese. Top to bottom, unless it's
3: Japanese. Yes. Okay. And also you read
0: the word bubbles. That's the what you're supposed to read. And then you look at the picture.
2: And you go, first you have to go to uh, schooling and learn how to read English.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you also have to be born first. In order yeah. to be born, you have to make the... In order to make an apple pie from scratch.
1: <laughs> you must first create the universe.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's we've been divisive issues. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Carl Sagan.
1: So, so Matt's idea was not as condescending as the way we've interpreted it. How do you
3: know? You don't know. Don't well, don't be condescending.
1: Fine, you're right. You're right. He <laughs> seems really nice to me, but I don't know. Maybe he's a jerk like you, Phil. Maybe. But just like we take for granted a lot of terms and nuances and vocab and stuff like that that I think a lot of comic fans have secondhand, but other people have no idea what we're talking about. So we're gonna do a little tour, I guess, of the bullshit words that nerds made up.
3: And um, I know you and Sly really don't know too much about comics, so uh, let me and Daryl just handle the, you know, the, the terminology here. Okay. So you, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got this.
1: One. The first thing Matt asked us about was any specific terms that we use all the time, the first of which is a trade, which is short for trade paperback. What is that, Phil?
3: Um, So when you you have, you have to ask your parents for this, but if you can get a Link Cable for your two Game Boys <laughs> uh, and you both have Pokemon, then you can take like a Graveler and trade it over and then it'll become a Golem.
2: Yeah, and if you name your uh, Graveler paper, then you trade your Graveler back to be a paperback.
0: And then he gets more EXP because he's been <laughs> traded. Well, it looks like yeah. Sly knows more about this <laughs> than I
2: thought he did. <laughs>
1: So, Sly, what is a trade paperback? Uh trade is when uh, a series
2: gets uh, collected. Uh, usually books are released in single issues of 20 pages. Uh, and a trade is when those single issues are collected in about like, six-plus issues of material. Uh, you collect them in one book harp cover or soft cover, and it's, a trade, it's called people call it a trade, as in trade paperback.
1: Yeah, so that's like the stuff you would get at Barnes and Noble, not like the stuff you pull off of like the rack in a comic shop.
3: So the one that comes out like every month or week is is just a single issue, is what you call it.
1: Yeah. Yes. some
2: people call them floppies, which is pretty oh. funny. If you're if you're a nerd, that'll be more confusing because then you'll be talking about yeah. old school floppies uh, yeah. or D school floppies. That's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, or you know, penises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought of. I got so many
1: floppies. <laughs> so, yeah, so the trade paperback is what you get at like Barnes & Noble or Amazon, and that's how most I think I think it's fair to say that's how most modern fans read comics. It's how I read cool. comics. Unless like, yeah.
0: they're like massive collectors.
1: Yeah. So, that that brings me to one of Matt's other questions of how do you organize your collection? Whether, like, trades are easy. You put them on a bookshelf in whatever order you want, by character, by franchise, whatever. But what about single issues? Because they can be a pain in the ass. How do you organize yours, Sly?
2: Well, you, what everyone does, I think, is <laughs> is you get a long box, which is just, it's just what it is. It's a box that's long. They also sell them as short boxes, which is shorter. <laughs> yeah, but they just, you just look up long boxes. It's just a box that fits the dimensions of a comic, and you just stick all your comics in there, and you hide them under your claws or whatever. <laughs> you
0: Hide them. <laughs> if you go into big, like, comic shops they always have, you can pick out single issues from long boxes.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, where, where you go, if you want to see what long boxes like, go to a comic shop, and you, you p- pick out the single issues from those boxes.
1: Yeah, and do you keep any sort of, like, tabs of what you have, Sly? Or is it just, like, hope I remember everything? <laughs> Uh oh, I don't have that many single uh, long boxes anymore because I don't. I usually buy trades, so I can memorize it. Because I have a spreadsheet, I just use Google Sheets that has everything. But I know there's software. Have you ever looked at any of that stuff, like the websites that store everything?
2: I never had that big of a collection of single yeah,
1: They also like most of them you have to pay for, so that seems like bullshit. But I know they exist. <laughs>
2: paying for a spreadsheet software to organize your comics <laughs> yeah. fuck you
1: well, I, I i don't do it
2: that's like for the the, the nerd that's, to, that's nerdy enough to read comics but not nerdy enough to uh actually memorize to, you know memorize it so that, what kind of nerd are you
1: and this i guess goes kind of to everybody because phil and daryl have read enough i think to know and have some input onto this do you have to read every issue to follow a story
0: Yes, yeah, so i have to read everything from when the character was created to understand <laughs> Fuck you, it. So you have about, like, 60 years of material if you want to start reading. Yeah, good
2: that. luck, motherfucker!
0: <laughs> don't even get into comics, it's a fucking waste. <laughs> You're gonna read 70 years?
1: It's a pyramid scheme, you just keep buying other comics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the actual answer is no, most of the time you don't. But a lot of the people I know
2: um, that read comics, a lot of them refuse to read stuff older than, like, 10 years, actually, so oh. there you go
1: yeah it can get confusing but for the most part if you pick up a book and it's referencing something and you really can't follow it just use Wikipedia that's what I did when I got started
2: also if you uh, buy if you're looking for Marvel and DC particularly and if you're reading any other non-Marvel DC it doesn't even matter because there's no history to to go back on, but Marvel and DC nowadays, all you have to do is pick up any, the first the, the first trade of any of the new series, is, and they usually cover everything in the first part of it, and then you go you go from there. Yeah,
0: and... I, th- I think it can also depend on whether or not, it like, what kind of a story it is, because there's a lot of, like, Batman stories that are one-off, but if you get, like, Civil War 2, and you don't know who Captain Marvel is, then you might need to look into that's that. That's
1: true, that's true. Marvel does this great thing where they put fucking recap pages at the beginning of their issues... So if you pick up a single issue, it'll catch you up, where DC, for some reason, refuses to do this.
2: Because Marvel does it. He can't be like Marvel. Mm-hmm. You gotta just... come up with your own thing. We have to make shitty movies, and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but generally, like, if, if it's got a volume one on it, it's probably totally fine to just jump into.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so now I guess is a good time to justify some terms. We, the two terms that we use the most are fridging and Mary Sue. Okay. What is a Mary Sue? Who wants to go?
0: Uh, it's a lady down the street that drives my <laughs> bus when I go to school because <laughs> I'm 14 again. <laughs> Actually,
3: a Mary Sue. What is... you're saying?
0: She's not
1: Mary Sue.
3: That's not. That's a Mary Sue.
1: Every time Sly says Mary Sue, I think of Cindy Lou Who for some reason from The Grinch. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, Mary Sue is a character that the offer is, is basically a fanboy
2: of. Basically, it's usually uh, like the microphone that the offer speaks to. Like, yeah, and what, what always happens in the story is everything in the story is meant to look dumb. Make that character look better. Like, if sometimes it can be straight, just Mary Sue is the best at everything. You'll come up with the right solution at the right time. And everyone's like, oh, wow, this the, guy solved it.
0: The original term was used for this person that wrote fan fiction, and they wrote themselves into a Star Trek fan fiction as Mary Sue, and everybody on, like, the, um, the Enterprise loved them, and they died. Yeah. They're like, oh, Mary Sue, she was really the best, and it's supposed to be just a character that can do no wrong.
1: Can you think of, like, a major movie example or something? Uh, good uh, good question Nemesis (laughs) (laughs) yeah the major movie Nemesis soon to be how can we how can we not even make it through this bonus Q&A without talking about Nemesis (laughs) it
3: it really like traumatized me
2: (laughs) okay a good good example of Mary Sue is uh, Bella from Twilight if you know anything about the offer the way she describes Bella in the books is exactly the way she looks like in real life so there you go Mary Sue
1: (laughs) okay And, like, everyone in the... I haven't seen or read Twilight, but, like, everyone wants to sleep with her all the time, right? Yep,
2: Edward and Jacob.
1: Okay. So, what about fridging? Should I take this one? I haven't answered any questions. Well, let's see what Phil and Daryl know about first. Okay. What do you guys know about fridging?
2: Um,
3: so... Obviously, when a date doesn't go well and you have to chop up your date, you put
0: her in
1: the oh, fridge. Oh
3: yeah, we've
0: all been there before.
1: Yeah, and then it motivates
2: you completely. So Phil's halfway there, <laughs> uh, living on the prayer. But um, so fridging it does revert to women being stuffed in fridges. But the context is in the 90s. Uh, Green Lantern had a well, girlfriend. This has been a thing forever. It has been, but the specific term... The term com- comes from, yeah. Comes from yeah. this incident where a woman, named, uh, Greenland's girlfriend, got killed and stuffed in the fridge just to make Greenland say no and go and find the killer. I
3: forgot she actually got stuffed
0: in a fridge
2: yeah. this. <laughs> That's
1: By the best villain name ever, Major Force. <laughs>
0: what? What does he do?
1: He's strong.
0: Ah, hmm. Yeah. Very, very on the nose. And
1: purple. <laughs> but like Ryan said,
2: um this has been around forever. If you, you could all list examples where the female character is basically only there to die and make the main character be like, I have to I have to get revenge. And like, you know, like we have like the example of the damsel in distress where women are like some motivating factor and not really a actual character of themselves. Like, and these all stem from critiques of fiction and how kind of sexist they are. Yeah, I
3: think in like older fiction, it wouldn't be the woman dying as usually as much as the woman is just some kind of passive victim who needs help. Yeah. And, yeah, and but, the male the male would motivate his story on trying to Well a lot her.
0: of the edgier comics, they go the the dark route and they kill the woman. They fridge her and then the guy Well in to...
1: when they fridged when Alex got actually stuffed into that refrigerator. She had every bone in her body broken first. So there's usually this like severe violence to be like, look how messed up this is. And interestingly enough, even though it's been around forever, we use it now not just for women, but for any time a character shows up just to get killed. But it's obviously more severe for women because it happens so much more frequently yeah. but this term actually came from an old blog in the late 90s called, uh, is it Women in Refrigerators? Or yep, girl, girl Women in woman Refrigerators Women in Refrigerators and one, the keeper of the blog was actually Gail Simone who went on to be one of DC's most popular writers So, and she's one of the few female writers yeah, she's DC. one of the few female writers at DC and that's, I mean in general she's probably I would say she's the most famous comic book writer that's a woman, right? I would say so too yeah and oh. it's it's that's one thing that I really love about Gal Simone is like when you read her writings she has such a, a better like nuance and understanding of how to write female characters not only because she is a woman but because like she kind of got her start as like critiquing how shitty comic books are towards women yeah it's cool <laughs> so that's fridging can you guys think of any other terms we use a lot that should be defined
2: uh yeah. magical not topical we made it up <laughs> <Okay>. ourselves <laughs> Yeah, it's a
3: really popular one. Everyone's been saying that.
1: <laughs> so we, if anyone has a better term, let us know. But we use that when we say like they they pretend like it's a social issue, but then really like they're just being mind controlled. So, like, I would
2: say I would say they're not pretending. Like they're trying to address a social issue, but the problem is the way they're uh, depicting the story. Like they're trying to make a point, a message, but the way they structure of the story hurts their message because they're, they're describing what should be a natural course of action as a, an outside force forcing people to act this way, basically, like... Like, like, what w- something the ones we read, like,
3: you have a bunch of, like, neo-Nazis, basically, and it's like, instead of talking about why, uh, r- fascism rises in the, in the, in a populist movement or whatever, it's just like, they're actually a hate gun shooting them that's yeah. making them... Hate people, which is an actual comic
0: we read! <laughs> hate gun!
3: Your favorite comic, Daryl, Fantastic Four.
0: I know, my Fantastic Four...
3: Uh, another term, edgelord. <laughs> okay. uh, just, just Wikipedia. Mark Millar. Yeah. M I L L A R. No, that's, that's the dictionary example. Uh, we look at edge It's just
1: okay. Mark so edgelord, frequently followed by the prefix shithead.
2: <laughs> well, there's two, there's two levels of edge lord. Edge lord is a person who tries to be edgy and tries to say things to shock you. And, um, that could be someone like, uh, like, uh, Kevin, I would say Kevin Smith is more of an edgelord where he's trying to shock you, but, uh, it's not f- as full brunt as someone like Mark Millar or Mark Millar. i would classify the next level of edgelord where he's shit at edgelord where all it is is offensive. There's no, there's no charm. There's no character work. All it is is just shit. It's just shithead edge edgelord.
1: Yeah. So that's when like, instead of just somebody getting killed, it's like, a whole bus of orphans gets exploded and you see guts yeah. and stuff. And
3: then you rig her womb to collapse whenever she tries <laughs> yeah, to yeah. have... Uh, no, no,
1: yeah.
0: you you have your uh, this guy impregnate his sister whose womb is rigged to collapse <laughs> if she gets an abortion.
1: It's basically if you picture, like, a spiky-haired middle school boy being like you wouldn't like this mom fuck you that's yeah. shithead edgelord bullshit yeah
2: there, there are like Kevin Smith is not uh, what guy to shy away from controversy like he has movies where people fuck corpses and shit like that but it's not pure edgelord to the level that Mark Millar's work sometimes is that's that's where the shithead part comes in
1: yeah shithead edgelord is when there's no point it's just to be edgy
2: edgelord's not derogatory shithead edgelord is edgelord
1: is a trait not necessarily I have a term that Sly uses all the time what's cuckolding <laughs> A cuckolding is when <laughs> now, we're, now we're getting into like
0: the king talk Where it's like let's talk about this king Because we're going to need to talk about bondage next right
2: Are we? No that's pretty self explanatory No this goes but in with
0: Mark Millar this... uh, yes. well,
2: So uh, Addendum to Mark Millar cuckolding Basically when uh, you, you Somebody's having sex with your wife And you know about it but you, you're helpless to stop it And you basically accept that this guy is screwing your wife and everyone, everyone else knows about it too. Like You're, it's a, it's a, you're basically you're, you're shamed by your wife's infidelity. And yeah. the, the people that get off on this it's called cuckolding fetish and Mark Millar is one of these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Sly because he talks about it all fucking time. If I talk about it I, mean, I must mean I have it, right? You can't criticize anything about being part of it, right?
3: It's like he who smelled the Delta. <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, I'm also shit at edges. Well, actually I am, so <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, we also we mention a lot of these like uh, weird ages all the time, like the silver age, the golden age, yeah. uh, but I only know these terms. I don't even know them as metals. I only know them as like. <laughs> rankings in starcraft and overwatch and league of legends so tell me i don't
2: know the term gold
1: is.
3: yeah what is what is silver besides a scrub a noob who needs to learn to play
1: the golden age is they're loosely defined it, depending on who you ask is you know it's different but the golden age is, as
3: our, as our most historical era. yes
1: that's true that's true the golden age is mostly world war Two. so like when you see captain america punching hitler in the face or like the justice society fighting nazis yeah, Th- that's the Golden Age,
2: and generally it's it's, uh, it's believed to start when Superman first appeared, which was a little bit before World War II.
1: Yeah, and then it usually ends right after World War II ish, and then the Silver Age starts in
2: 1955. Actually, it ends around the
1: like the 50s. I guess the early 50s. Yeah, yeah, the early 50s, and then the Silver Age is 1955 to usually like the early 70s, and that's like the really campy like, fighting space aliens, like when or, like, when Superboy gets really fat, or the Flash gets really old, yeah. and, like, you see all <laughs> these really silly concepts.
2: But in contrast to that, this is also when Marvel came up and started telling uh, uh, more character-focused stories as well. So DC was the Batman-gets-fat stories while Marvel was <laughs> doing something else. On Marvel
1: side. still had, like, hate rays and stuff. Like, sometimes people call it the Marvel Age because it's a little better than the Silver Age, but it's still very much... I would say it's considerably better. I, I it's it. considerably better, but it is still relatable. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've
3: enjoyed anything DC's ever done except, super, <laughs> except Superman, uh, Death of Superman.
1: <laughs> what about Superman vs. Muhammad Ali? Oh, that's true. So Superman vs. Muhammad Ali is a very Bronze Age story. Yeah, Bronze Age is when uh, as they suddenly passed the Civil Age, they
2: started bringing back more social issues. And uh, this was like when they were first tested testing out, really. like uh, Some of the weirder... Uh, topical uh, magical not topical stories were kind of technically Bronze Age but uh, it's when uh, comics were first uh, started bringing back because even in the Golden Age they had social elements Silver Age there was very little social elements by that point and Bronze Age when it started coming back a little bit
1: yeah and this is also when you get a lot more experimental storytelling and a lot of new characters like all the X-Men you recognize are Bronze Age characters yeah. you get characters like Moon Knight and I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Uh, but Daredevil
2: became a darker character during the Bronze Age. Oh, this is
1: when the Punisher shows up. Yeah, Punisher too. You get too. these these darker characters, and then a lot of people kind of split up the Modern Age whoever they want.
2: Oh, uh, some people call the '90s the Dark Age because it sucks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like a lot of '90s. The stuff. Middle
2: Ages of comics.
1: But like the, it's called the Dark Age because the entire uh market like totally crashed. Yeah. And it became like when people bought lots of things to like to collect them to resell. Yeah. So you get like with most things like the Beanie Baby boom, where everyone buys these things and then they're worth like less than the materials used to. And, bring. and Marvel, Marvel, uh, basically bought into this too much, this uh, speculator market,
2: and when it collapsed, uh, Marvel almost well, actually did declare bankruptcy, but they were saved later on.
1: Yeah. And that's like the that's like the dark age, I guess. And then how would you define the modern modern age? Because I define it basically with the start of like major superhero movies like Spider-Man one and X one as like a rebirth of superheroes. Like I consider like the early 2000s to now like a renaissance for comic books. And this is also the rise of independent publishing companies. Like, yeah. Image started getting not terrible when they started publishing books like The Walking Dead. And
2: and the uh, genres got diversified in general. Like, you didn't just have to read Superiors if you wanted to read comics. You started reading, like, Walking Dead and uh, uh, more indie stuff.
1: Yeah, and this is when you get the rise of the standalone graphic novel, like Persepolis and Mouse and things like this.
2: Basically now, I, it's, it's very fully creator-driven. Like, uh Even in Marvel and DC, the creative team matters more than a lot of times the character that's on the the title. Yeah,
1: and that's one thing that kind of segues really well into when we talk about runs versus arcs. Because it used to be, for a long time, a run is when it's a specific writer or artist on a book for a long period of time. So, like, Stan Lee wrote the first 100 issues of Spider-Man. So his run is issues 1 to, like, 105. Of Amazing Spider-Man and you know whereas you know there's so and then an arc is a specific story like the story when you know Doc Ock first appeared or like modern arcs are usually longer than an issue or two so like you can have an arc of like the death of Superman is an arc
2: if you pick up a modern trade you're usually picking up an arc
1: Yeah, so an arc is usually about six issues, you know, more or less. And a run is, like, a much longer form.
2: But, like, if you, like, for example, like, if you pick up um, Shield Volume 1, you picked up an arc. If you pick up Shield Volume 1, 2, and 3, and that's the end of that that creative team, you picked up a run.
1: Yeah, and it used to be a lot more interconnected with the runs, but now, like Sai was saying, it's a lot more creator-driven, so usually when a writer leaves and a new writer starts a new run, it kind of overhauls everything
2: yeah now they usually start at number one when the writer comes in like they usually pretend it's part of the same series anymore
1: yeah and like Hmm. when you have a new writer take over it's a lot of times almost unrecognizable from the last one and I have problems with that but it does make it easier to jump on for new fans so you know there's pros and cons to it and the last thing that uh, the last thing that Matt asked was how do you start comic books (laughs)
3: You don't if you're a (laughs) smart.
2: If you're a smart. Me not read. Me, I'm smart. We mentioned,
1: you know, pick up a volume one. But one thing you can do is go to your local comic book store or just Google the words comic list. And it will give you the comics that come out that week. And just look for if there's usually number ones launching pretty much every month. So just, like, look if there's a character that interests you jump in with you know it'll it'll you might be able to your comic shop owner might tell you the internet might tell you or it might be pretty obvious this is the start of a new arc or a new run if and just it, like go for it pick a character you like from a movie like i started with batman just start with whatever seems interesting you could always ask your friendly local comic book podcasts like your friendly neighbor <laughs> spider-man hey spider-man what comics are you in
2: <laughs> yeah. he'll tell you
1: but like, you know, it's if it's a volume 1 or the premise seems interesting, like just look it up on Wikipedia and read like the elevator pitch and be like, that sounds great and then go buy it. Get them on Amazon, get them on com. everything's half off. Uh, you can also they do digital books that c- it's this regular single issues, the floppies, but they're not floppy anymore cuz they're digital. Well, they could be upon the floppy. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, you just go on marvel.com or dc.com or most of them are compiled on Comixology. That's with an X Comicsology, and it's basically like when you rent a movie or a TV show on Amazon, but you you buy it. So you go and you buy. I think it's like two or three dollars, or the older issues are like a buck. And they go, they're formatted for your tablet, and you don't have to go anywhere. You can do it right from the couch. So you could try it, and you could buy trades that way too. So just try out a book that seems interesting, or like if you liked an episode of ours and you want to read Death of Superman, you can get it on Comicsology, and they're usually like ten bucks. They're not expensive and they look really nice on a tablet. So, you know, that's... Digital is is what a lot of people are doing. Like, Matt from Square Roots was saying that he doesn't have a collection, he loves to read comics, but he does it all digitally. And I know a lot of people that do the same. And then you don't have to buy long boxes.
0: (laughs) I have one last question. Yeah. What's the difference between an A, B, C, and Z lister?
2: So A is the character everyone knows. Everyone knows Spider-Man. Everyone knows, like, Wolverine and all those characters. They're A-list. Yeah. B-List um, is, are characters that are, have kind of been known, but they're not like... People People might know them a little bit, but they're not really... Is loved. that like
0: Hawkeye and Robin?
2: Hawkeye and Robin are kind of example. I think Robin's not a good example. One example is Iron Man, because Iron Man in... Uh, before, <laughs> Robin's not, uh, not a B-List or he Iron used Man to be. He used let to me, be. Let me clarify. Before the Iron Man movie, Iron Man was a character that was a very prominent figure in Marvel Comics. He had his own TV show. He had his own toy lines. He had all his own stuff. But I would say most people didn't really know what he was all about. Like, they kind of maybe knew his name, but didn't know what he was about.
1: I mean, everyone thought he was literally made out of metal because of the Black Sabbath song. Yeah. So Iron Man's a good example. Like, uh, Rob is not a good example because everyone knows who Rob is. I would say if you have a movie, you're A-lister. If, yeah. Like, a movie that people see. Yeah, that makes some actual money at the bottom. If songs. you have a TV show, I would say you're a B-lister. If, Sometimes I, I'll say like Flash it could be considered a lister. Yeah, I, I mean you walk, you know, you walk that line. But like Green Arrow, I would say is a safe B lister.
2: Yeah, and C and D lister are, are even more unknown. Like there's no clear distinction between C and D. People switch it up whenever. Uh, C lister might be like Moon Knight. Moon Knight is a good example. Like uh, if you know, if you know comics, you might know uh, Moon Knight, but you don't really know if you're uh, a, a casual uh, fan. Did you
0: see like Luke Cage used
2: to be a C lister? Uh, he's probably a Z-lister now, but, I'm, uh, but like he used to be a C and D. So definitely, yeah. and a Z-lister uh, is a character that there's no way even people who know comics would be like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, like,
3: the, like that Canadian uh, X-Men or Avengers. What are they called? Alpha <laughs> Strike. Alpha, Alpha Fly.
1: I am Owl Man. I am the Mounty Man. The <laughs> episode we did with Malcolm, I mentioned Johnny Thunder, one of my favorite characters. He is a Z-lister. Like you guys have no idea who he is. Malcolm's read a shit ton of comics. Yeah. He has no idea who he is z-listers are like characters that only people with comic book collections are gonna know
0: like hypno hustler
1: (laughs) anybody got anything else
0: uh how can we stand each other
1: (laughs) oh that's from justin that's a good question
0: uh i can't (laughs) goodbye
3: (laughs) okay
1: yep that's it
0: we've been divisive
3: issues
1: that's my line i don't know what to do (laughs) i can't
3: stand you guys always switching who's gonna do what i just you know what We've been divisive issues, I've been a floppy.
1: I've been a shit lord. <laughs> Damn it! I've been Hypno
2: Hustler. And uh Yeah. Stink on nudie.
1: independent podcasting network.